just the uh, it's the the chicken, the rice, the soup, and the fortune cookies, and that's it. And then, and then uh, you can put it in a brown paper bag and come put it in my hand because I'm ready to eat. And then, hey. No, and then. And then. And then I'm gonna come in there and I'm gonna put my foot in your ass if you say and then again. Maybe you can hum the theme song Won't hold it against you if you get parts wrong While the memory's not too strong There's a piece of you from a time long gone So while these fuzzy warm feelings remain question we ask is still the same Is it a treasure or just plain lame? Is this still good? Hi and welcome to Is This Still Good? The oldest continuously running podcast at least in, in this country. I'm a sage type, and with me is a Gavin type. That's me. That is that is him. Uh, Gavin, what do we do on this podcast? Uh, we um, watch a thing and then talk about it by... Uh, shit. Uh, I'm going to need more this... pauses as you're talking, because <laughs> I'm assuming this is a dramatic tension thing. This is a podcast where we remove nostalgia goggles and revisit childhood treasures with a critical that sounds eye. Sounds excellent. Uh, yeah, so let's let's do that thing. We have a guest with us today. Guest. Hey. Uh, uh, um, uh, <laughs> that's my Gavin impression. I feel personally attacked. I just, <laughs> I just thought I would start with that. Uh, I, my name's Mark. I am one of the foremost uh, experts and people who. Just watch Dude Where's My Car. Did you just watch Dude Where's My Car? Um, it's been about a week. So, in the scheme of the universe, I, I, that just happened. In astronomical terms, so like exactly. like a third of a quarantine ago. It was like a third of a quarantine ago. Okay, like like a couple hundred Qu- quibbies. Quarantine ago really sounds like a Greek island. I think I just uh, went there yeah. in, in my Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, <laughs> it's where they make Quarantina goes. Uh, what about before that? How many times? I want to understand why you're why you're bringing this to us. How many times have you watched Dude Where's My Car? It, um, boy, I grew up in the aughts. I recall this movie came out when I was like just going into middle school. And I watched it many, many times. It was like a, it was a, uh, at home standby for me and my brother. We'd watch it like a couple times a week, a lot of the time, maybe even more. Wow. Um, so I really grew up on the, on the film, but I hadn't seen it, uh, probably in 15 years, uh, until obviously last week. Right. When I saw it again. Because it was Dude, Where's My Car Day? Exactly. Internationally okay. recognized holiday. <laughs> uh, now, did you did you see this in theaters, or was this like a VHS? Uh, um, I'm going to be honest with you, Gavin. My mom would not let me see it in theaters. So uh, I, I saw it on DVD a lot. Because it's a movie about hedonism? Um, <laughs> I don't... You know, it's one of those things where you never really know... like. Looking back, you realize that your parents are human, and um, there's a good chance that she had no concept of what it was. 
because that's just how people are. They say no to things that they don't even understand. Um, if you're listening, mom, obviously I think that you know all the stuff and um, I'm sorry that I ever doubted you. But like, I, I like looking at it in terms of like the Renaissance and getting rid of the dark ages and just learning to say yes to new experiences and yes, really shaping who this young Mark was. Well, yeah, how old? I mean, dude, dude, where's my car came out when? Uh, 2000. 2000? Yeah. Okay. On the dot. That explains, that's a couple, that's a couple years earlier than I thought. That makes sense. I didn't, that I didn't see it for a, a couple years. Yeah. I feel like I watched it in like 2003, like early high school. Um, and was it, was it important to you? It was, um, oh yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a, uh, staple of the old, uh, Van Aglin household. Uh, many many references uh yeah no it was a, it was very near and dear to me as a, as a as a ute and was this just Dude. like a a you and one brother or uh was your whole family in on this action this was just uh this was me and my uh my middle brother uh i like to think it's you know really when we became close was uh bonding over uh motion pictures such as uh Dude Wars my car uh, Freddie got fingered, uh, just to name a couple. I, I definitely was remembering, um, cause I, I know I saw this movie, but I don't remember how or when, like everything felt familiar, but, um, I have no recollection of actually seeing it. <laughs> um, kind of like the characters in the movie. Yeah. Very, very much, yeah. uh, on, on theme. It's very appropriate. But for me, I remember like shares a lot with Biodome which I remember watching that on repeat in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, it just felt like something that was in the air, you know, in the DNA that made up the aughts. Oh, yeah. And that sorry, is... did you say, like, repeat? Like, you just finished Biodome and, like, rolled right back into it? I mean, it depended on the day. I can vouch oh, for wow. that. We hung out in high school. Maybe a couple times. But, yeah, Sage, did you... What was your... Do you have a history with this movie? Uh, I remember seeing this movie and it not making a huge impression. I'm trying to remember how I felt about it. I remember I watched it with my dad, like when I was like 13 during the summer. And I think he liked it more than I did because there's a lot of just goofy slapstick stuff in it. <laughs> and uh, then? That, and then, yeah. He, I remember, I remember the and then scene because of how hard it made my dad laugh. And, and me mostly liking it. And I'll be honest, that was not a sequence I enjoyed watching it yesterday. <laughs> I, I like, I just love the part when Ashton Kutcher decides like he's had enough. And then he's like, you're really starting to piss me off. And she's like, and then and he's like, and then I'm going to come in there and I'm going to shove my foot up your ass. And that's just, um, I mean, in a nutshell, that's why I love that movie. Just the patience they took with all these stupid, stupid (laughs) jokes. Like, each of them goes on for, like, five minutes. I have a very, very soft spot in my heart for really any story where the plot's almost, like, not even propelled by the main characters. And I think that this movie's a great example of that. Because those, uh, those two guys have no clue 
what's going on ever. And it's just kind of like events happen to them and they happen to be in the right spots. And I just love that. I love the clueless protagonist. That has to save the world. That has to save the world. Yeah, it's very like Leslie uh, Leslie Nielsen. That that was something I was thinking about because I grew up on like the Naked Gun movies and um, there was elements of just like the same type of slapstick, but where even though I grew up with those movies, they don't feel like my movies. Like they didn't feel like my generation. But right. even though I don't relate to or necessarily act like these dudes, there is something that is like so warm and like... It's like, oh, that's that's my generation on the screen, I guess. <laughs> Even though these guys are much older than me and I wasn't old enough to watch this movie when it came out. <laughs> oh, so I've got a really important question that I was unclear of in the movie. How, Sean William Scott and Ashton Kutcher, how old are they supposed to be in this? Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, that's a really good question. I yeah. have no idea. I, I would say early but 20s, I don't, but I don't even hard have to say. a... I mean, there's times where it seems like they're 16, and it's times where they seem like they're late 20s slackers. I cannot tell. (laughs) That's, you know, part of the mastery, I think, of the way the film is written. I also feel like Sean William Scott has always looked like he's 35, and Ashton (laughs) Kutcher has always looked like he's 22, so I just just don't know. Very true. Well, Uh, um, I just wanted, before we get into, like, describing the plot kind of introduced in terms of how this movie was received at the time uh it's got a 17 percent on rotten tomatoes now and a 30 30 uh, percent on metacritic um when it came out bbc films gave it one star calling it a lame brain travesty and intensely irritating out of how many? uh i'm assuming five hmm. uh usa today i said, love it Can I, i'm sorry i'm so sorry by all means um, but I love it when a reviewer reviews a movie and they describe it exactly as I'm sure it was written to be like, it's crazy because like calling dude, where's my car art is a stretch. For sure. <laughs> um, but like, if you look at a piece of art and you describe it exactly the way it was intended to be made and you, and you say that that's bad, it, there's something lost there to me. It's yes, it is annoying as hell and stupid, but that's exactly what it's supposed to be. So what you're saying is like these reviewers are the same people who might just look at the Mona Lisa and say, it's just paint on canvas. Y'all need to calm down. It's like a, it's like a lady and she's, I don't know. She's just looking at the painter. <laughs> yeah, like it, it. It's obviously not for you if you don't understand, <laughs> or like if you're going to just describe the movie and say it's bad. But well, to, to to continue, USA Today says any civilization any civilization that can produce a movie this stupid probably deserves to be hit by famine and pestilence. It's happening wow. right now, baby. That's not. Is this because a dude wears my car? I, you know, I. The timing I could not be more to... suspect. I, I kind of assumed it was because I went to King Tut's tomb in January. <laughs> to be completely you? honest, we've all made mistakes uh, here. Yeah, it doesn't seem like everyone should have to to pay for that. Chicago Tribune says, "Dude, I can't believe I sat through this movie." 
<laughs> five star, five star <laughs> review of of a one star review. And uh, the New York Daily News praises the surprisingly sweet natured pairing of Kutcher and Scott. Um, this movie opened up uh, second at the box office behind What Women Want. And well, uh, they're basically that... the same movie, so I'm sure that split <laughs> the office. One of them stood the test of time, though. Yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, who who wants to Sage? Do you want to lead up, walking us through what happens in this movie? Or I mean, this how is going to be this is going to be very difficult. I want I want to challenge myself to this because as I was watching it, I was trying to remember what happened next, and I did a very terrible job. There were only like three or four scenes I really remembered from watching this as I guess a preteen. Yeah, that's about when I watched it. But what does um, my tattoo say? <laughs> Dude. Dude. <laughs> yeah, obviously that that stuck out. That was in my memory, and I was waiting for that entire thing. I forgot there was an ostrich in this movie. <laughs> oh, that is like my all-time favorite part. All right. I'm an on the, on the good man. What, what was that? All right. On the good <laughs> Governable? Are you, are, you, are you trying to say honorable? Yeah. Do you want me to hose you down again? I, I really forgot Andy Dick was in this movie, he's but that's like always best, a pleasant like the surprise. Best part of the movie. <laughs> oh, I think he's absolutely the worst part of this movie, but we can talk about that later. Um, There's a lot I do not like about this movie, and Andy Dick is the top of the list. Does <laughs> so that just mean you don't like Andy Dick? Cause I don't like I don't... Andy Dick, but I don't like him <laughs> for specific reasons, and they're all present in this movie. I love it. I love it. Okay. Open discourse. All right, so you want to try to get through the plot chronologically? Uh, sure, more or less. We can. I feel like we bail through every movie about halfway, so let's see if that sharp piece of news. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we'll, we'll give the people what they want. Yeah, there's a lot that happens in this movie, despite it really being like ten scenes. Because <laughs> every scene is like five to eight minutes long. All right, so our heroes wake up, and they don't remember what happened the night before. And we don't see this so much as we just hear them say, do you remember what happened last night? Like, eight times in a row. And I can't remember. <laughs> get ready for that, because they will recap the plot of this movie every five to eight minutes. <laughs> yeah, do you think it's possible that we were so <laughs> wasted last night Christ. that we went out and bought a lifetime supply of pudding? Yeah, I think it might be. He says, I think that'd be entirely possible. <laughs> that is the quote. <laughs> oh my god. I couldn't I can't get behind that. You guys. I want to, and I can't. Oh, I I think that that's one of the this is this what's great is that they're really planting the seeds. What this is known is as is as foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's screenwriting 101, but this movie yeah. really sticks to the fundamentals. It's like if in Act 1 they tell you eight times that there's a gun, a gun might show up in Act 3. That's how it, how it goes, right? That's show pudding in the first first scene of a movie, you know it has to go off. But I'll, I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you where they really, they really uh, flip, the, flip the script on this one. They mentioned the car early on. You don't see it till the last scene. Mm. Boom! Actually, and just to give more credit where credit's due, um, <laughs> they also very much plant how much um, Animal Planet is going to save the day 
on multiple occasions. <laughs> the programmers at Animal Planet are the real heroes of this story. That um, is one of the they... few running gags that worked for me. <laughs> Chimpanzees use tools. Yeah, <laughs> that was it much just goes back. like it just says twenty something stoners use tools. <laughs> how will I get out of this with tools? Wait, how do I know about tools from Animal Planet? Of course. I mean, Jesus also Christ. the aforementioned emus or ostriches or llamas. Rhinos, uh, the rhinos, are right? llamas, man. Llamas, okay. Oh my god, Jesus Christ. Anyway, so they leave so to what, find yeah. <laughs> Their car. They, they, yeah, they're gonna get their car whoa, whoa, whoa. because they we, think we're there's just gonna, gifts in the car. I'm not jumping past. We're just anything. gonna gloss over the Mr. Pizza Coley scene. Oh, actually, I did. I did love that scene. That was. That was. <laughs> I was gonna gloss over it. I forgot about it. <laughs> All <laughs> right, the Mark. Pizza on the ceiling. <laughs> they did. That's a good sight gag. <laughs> So their There's, boss comes uh, over and was like, "Did you where where did the thirty pizzas you were supposed 30, to deliver go? Thirty Are pizzas a, last night." Are you embezzling pizzas, sirs? And they're like, Which... no, please don't look up. We're going to look up eight times, but please don't look up. There is a look, pizza a unicorn. on the ceiling. And there's also the guy who lives in their closet. Oh, that was also delightful. Uh, Glenn or yeah. whatever. Who just comes out and urinates in a bush behind them yeah. while, while yeah. we go through exposition. And then there's the classic, I thought he was your friend. Uh, yeah, but then they just move on. And I yep. wanted this to be a movie about that. <laughs> it's possible I, think, I have different expectations and desires from I, this film. I, I think that that's, that's like a... That's what they do in the movie. The whole movie is them forgetting what they're doing and moving on. <laughs> and they just... It's the way they move on, where they just shrug and, like, smile and go back to their life. <laughs> this um, movie is continuously sight, sight gags and them walking into two shots. Uh, well, I to, guess we'll move to the next scene. Which <laughs> again, I'm I, I'm not I, I'm not bad at. I, yeah, I stand by. Sometimes that. it works for me. Sometimes format. it doesn't. I don't. We'll we'll go through and I'll tell you what it works for me and what it doesn't, and maybe you guys can explain to me why it doesn't doesn't. <laughs> I don't I don't know because the pizza gag worked, and that's just as dumb as everything else in this movie. <laughs> the pizza gag holds up. Ten out of ten. All right. So, what do they? What do they remember? So they know there was a there was a party at their girlfriend's house, and they right. assume they were there. And their girlfriends, who are twins, and they have the same anniversary, <laughs> yep, uh, call them up and uh, tell them they're terrible boyfriends, and that they probably didn't even get them presents for their anniversary, and they were going to have special treats for them. And what well-rounded female characters they are. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. This, uh... Oh, my God. I don't yeah, have insightful movie... things to stay here, because I am just stunned every time you remind me of something about this movie. This movie doesn't quite pass the Bechtel test, and then uh, beyond that, it, yeah, it doesn't have the strongest female characters. Nor really male characters either, to or, be fair. Or transgender characters. No, definitely not transgender. That that was we'll that, that's that. going to come back. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> right. And then the jock's girlfriend who has no autonomy whatsoever. Christy Boner. Oh man. 
which oh my yeah, God. pretty cringeworthy. Yeah. <laughs> so then they go and to then... Wilson's house, right? And well, then... so first they do look for their car, which is well, they're like, they're nowhere to be street. found. Yeah. Where would you? Yeah. Where? Where is it? It's nowhere. It's nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and they try to get the ride from the old lady. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a series of elderly people running over our heroes. <laughs> Which I just, I don't buy that they know everyone in that neighborhood. (laughs) Right? One of the reasons, that's one of the gags that, like, I felt like should work for me, and it would have worked in a Leslie Nielsen movie, and it doesn't work, it doesn't work in this. I I, I bought it. I believe believe that they're the sweethearted stoners who walk around the neighborhood and know everybody. The way that I thought was, they've, like, fucked over all these people. At one time or another, but they like are under the impression they're friends with them. But everybody else yeah. is like, "These guys suck." <laughs> Probably like accidentally and unintentionally, right? Right. They like, just they just can't do anything right. But they've definitely right. crossed the line last night. It, it, terrible boyfriends. The, the worst boyfriends. That doesn't <laughs> just, seem. That does you not. Guys are change. terrible boyfriends. I can't. I can only do an impression <laughs> as one person. Wait, I is Jennifer Garner here? I didn't know she was on the podcast. <laughs> That's right. I don't know who the other person is. Nobody does. So they go to Wilson's and they smoke weed with the dog. No, 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 no. And that's, this leads me to one of my favorite things about this movie. Um, they never do drugs or drink in the entire movie. You're right. I can never figure angels. out if they're supposed to be stowed during this. Right, and I think that's the beauty of it, right? Sure. It's totally, it's totally wholesome. Uh, without, I mean, if you exclude the transphobia, homophobia, sexist, like uh, sexist nature of the movie, um, there's more. <laughs> but it's totally wholesome in that way, where they never actually do drugs. Um, but my take on that scene where they, where the dog smokes weed, as an adult, is very different from when I was like a teenager. I thought it was funny when I was a teenager. Now I'm like, man, that's fucking animal abuse. Yeah, it's not really not chill. There's a little bit of animal abuse in this movie. Super not chill. (laughs) How do we feel about the animal puppets in this movie? Oh, I I thought it delightful. Yeah. Yeah, no Uh, problems there. All right. It's a great fucking puppet. The effects in general in this movie are, I think, one of... Strangely enough, the stronger points because uh, I don't think they're actually dated. I think they're just delightful. I want to ride that ride, Dad. <laughs> that Me joke too, did not hold son. up. <laughs> Me too. There's son. a lot of jokes Me that too. do not hold up. <laughs> but but we'll we'll come to uh, what was the actual phrasing because she gets a title. Uh, oh God, it's like giant. Sexy, super hot giant alien. Super yeah. hot giant alien. I am. There's a lot of great. And just put slut in that title. Right. Yeah, that was a weird word to hear in this movie too. Did also, you, yeah, did I don't, they sluts? Did I don't they drop? I've heard the word slut in a long time in a movie. Screw the universe. in a comedy. I guess. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Great representation. Uh, representation of space Germans, though. Yeah. Top notch. Very well, very well handled, like international cast for sure. Obvi- obviously, gay Nordic dudes. <laughs> yeah. 
I did not. I, that was one thing that I definitely didn't think about as a kid. Is like, how do you even put on that tight of a leather uh, tank top? I'll show you sometime. <laughs> um, but yeah, so from wherever we were. Uh, yeah, they've just smoked the pot and now they're going to go to the Chinese yeah. restaurant. With that, the dog that they think oh, yeah, is, sorry, the joke is that the, the, the joke is that the dog is dead, but he's mm-hmm. just very, very stoned. And uh, aggressive. Uh, pipe aggressive. Yes. Yeah. Not not one to pass. Well, because they have to plant that seed to harvest later. It's true. There's uh, a lot of movie, seed. There's a lot of again. gardening in this movie. A lot mm-hmm. of seed planting. Mm-hmm. Screenwriting 101 and 102. Um, and then they move it's on to the degree. Chinese restaurant. <laughs> and then? Wait, how could they... So they have a car at this point? Uh, it's Wilson's car. Okay, they're taking Wilson's car at this point. All right. Yeah. They're sitting in the it back is, seat. And then. It is kind of hard because this is a movie about them changing. fighting their car, but they have... It was also weird watching this movie and just be like, why aren't they just calling an Uber? <laughs> like, the whole time. <laughs> Technology didn't invent yet. Like, it's not a yet. failing of the movie. It's just, this is a movie about, you know, it's kind of like how every episode of Seinfeld can be solved by giving them cell phones. <laughs> Before, it's just kind of like, okay. oh, just call an Uber and... and <laughs> everything solved pretty fast before the iphone we had to rely on each other for rides there was yes, no organized car like person moving systems this is well you know, when pre, they remake this as, where's my uber <laughs> oh oh well i mean Spoilers now the, the current podcast <laughs> the current version of it is just like they've left the presence in the back of an uber and they're having to chase down their their uh, driver Oh, uh, so it's that before. episode of Atlanta. Yeah. We all we all know that's where Atlanta harvested all their ideas from Dude Where's My Car. Essentially a carbon copy. Yeah. I think from like the, the creator's whole oeuvre. Because at some point we gotta say this is the same people who did Carol Harold and Kumar, right? Same director, yeah. Okay. I felt like uh uh that's another another good one to re examine. Because I, that film uh, there's some problematic scenes. <laughs> Way to spoil it for us. Um, <laughs> I just I just recently rewatched that and I was like, Ooh. sorry. Yeah, that's not terribly surprising, but I do really Harold and Kumar. Okay, the first one. White Go to White Castle. Okay, because Guantanamo Bay's got even more problems. <laughs> I actually never caught that one. So there is a scene three, in that. Right? Where uh, Rob Cord, there are three. There's a scene in Guantanamo Bay where Rob Cordry is interviewing a black man, and he just slowly drinks a grape soda in front of him to get him angry. <laughs> that is a thing that happens in that movie. <laughs> I don't see any problem with that. What is the? What's the problem? Do you I, <laughs> do you hear a problem with it? Mar- Mark doesn't see colors. <laughs> I feel like you're purple. being semantics. Purple. But do you hear colors? <laughs> yeah, all I see is a a, a big a soda cup of water. Because I can't see purple. Uh, well, that's, that's unfortunate. <laughs> no, I pretty much nailed that one. So. And, and then what happens? <laughs> um, and then uh, Jesse starts to order Chinese food. And then? And then the lady keeps saying, and then. And then? And then, and then he starts to get like kind of mad, but he keeps ordering because he keeps forgetting that he needs more stuff. And then he goes and through then, the, the classic line, dude, where's my Chinese food, right? Yep. 
That's yeah, the right and way they, to drop They go in back there. and it's, forth. Honestly, I thought it was a little on the nose when they dropped that line in, but <laughs> whatever. You know, and you got to feed that lowest common denominator of audience exactly. member. And then he this. starts to, uh, she really starts to piss him off. Which, like, <laughs> honestly, way more patient than I remembered this scene. Because, uh, you know, he's like, he's really trying not to lose his cool. It's like, yeah, that, that, and no, that, that's it. I, 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 um, that's, yeah, that then, brings my order to an end, really. And like, then nothing else, because I'm done ordering. <laughs> and then you bring me my Chinese food, yeah. and we pay for it, and we'll we'll get out of this we'll get out of this drive-through line. And then, <laughs> and then he proceeds uh, to bash the delivery box, uh, which is pretty adorable. Like the Chinese takeout, uh, mm-hmm. it's a great very little prop. Cute. Yeah, very, very cute. cute. Props he to just, the prop master. He just felt like destroying for, something beautiful. Production designer. <laughs> yes, this is also ties into the Fight Club universe. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yes, I didn't realize Edward Norton was on this podcast. <laughs> um, well, he always comes along with Jennifer Garner. They're all here in my closet. It is really weird that you keep them all there. Um, yeah, but yeah, this Wilson doesn't like him bashing the uh, the Chinese. You didn't have takeout. to go all aggro on that speaker box. No, it's because. Uh, because uh, Chester calls the Dalai Lama uh, uh, oh, F- an F word. Yeah, that I was like, it happened so fast and I wasn't sure it actually happened. I kind of did a double take yeah. and didn't rewind. I thought that happened. Well, let me take you back <laughs> to uh, the year 2000. Um, that was this like is where I start putting smash that... mouth behind while you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like a thing that people just said. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, um, yeah, so, no, I do remember that. I mean, it was so middle it school. Didn't... Maybe that still happens in middle school, but right, yeah. So it didn't seem out of place then, but yeah, I agree with you, Gavin. When you hear it, you're like, "Oh, <laughs> this is awkward. like record scratch." Everyone looks into the camera. Yeah, <laughs> there's like several moments like that in this movie. Yeah, there I think are. we're actually we're coming <laughs> up on it pretty soon too. I because wait to talk about the say again. And then there's a pretty great subversion of that that I'm pretty excited to talk about. <laughs> um, Which scene is next? They go... It's Christy Boner. Oh, that's oh, it's right. Christy Boner. Right. That was, that was uncomfortable. So, this is the first part... This is the first part of the movie where I start to have real problems. And it's less with how the women are treated in the movie and more that this is a movie where our heroes are just so excited to find out that they cheated on their girlfriends and everyone is just (laughs) ready to cheat on their girlfriends (laughs) at all times. Keep in mind, their drive from this movie is to find presents that may or may not be in their car so that they can get their special treats from their girlfriends, which (laughs) they describe as sex. I will also say they have been dating at for a year and no one has had sex so i'm gonna re-ask the question how uh how old are these people <laughs> i just well, don't understand is living everyone's living uh they've got roommates but they live in houses everyone's on their own yeah yeah well it's 2000 and you could live in a house i lived in a house it's really hard to imagine <laughs> yeah that's that's all perspective i mean this movie where does this movie take place does any, anyone know? I'm assuming current day. Yeah. I 2000. Mean, no. I mean, no, ge- where ge- does it take place? Oh. I, th- I want to say it's like Southern California, but yeah. it's really hard to say. I don't um, think they specify. 
The yeah, arcade that they shot strange. in was Santa Monica, and it feels like it's supposed to be where it is. Okay. Um, yeah, so they're approached on the streets uh, by female character number two. Number three. Number three, yeah. Or is this even before the twins are introduced? Christy well, Boner. Did the DMV happen already, too? Or is that later? <laughs> Jesus Christ, this fucking movie. <laughs> that's, a, that's a little bit later. Because that's <laughs> when, uh, when Rick uh, accidentally sends their car to police auction. Right. Yeah, and then they have to go get the address. Whoops! I've got I've got this movie unlocked. Don't worry about so, it. So so where the are we at in the scripts on the page? I'm the I'm the goose. But the I'm scene the that we're currently in. You touched Christy Boner's hoo hoos. Yeah, so that's where a woman comes up and says, "You don't remember last night? What about this?" And then he kisses. She kisses Aston Kutcher. I'm confusing it with a later scene. Um. And then Shaw William Scott's like, hey, what about me? Which is just a super cool thing to do. I think, I think yeah, what he does is um, Ashton Kutcher, she puts his hand on her breast. That and I have immediately a fuzzy after memory, the kiss. And Shaw William and Scott then, goes, hey, what about me? Yeah, no, they just start okay, with you're a right, kiss. You're right. Yeah, and then um, a car full of jocks then... just drives up. Yeah. Jumps out and says, uh, "What do you do with my girlfriends? They bothering you?" I do uh, like that they're straight out of a ski lodge in 1985. <laughs> like I very much enjoy that. But also, also in their early 30s, uh, <laughs> yes. I'll say though, uh, probably Chris O'Connell's best role is he's is that a, he's a lead bully. He's Tommy. Yeah, he is pretty delightful as a raging douchebag. Wow. Uh, Agreed. I mean, that's all I've I've seen him in. <laughs> and it's left you with nothing but but positive thoughts, I'm sure. Oh yeah, and I love that guy. That's that Sliders dude. That's Sliders dude. All right. Slider. <laughs> it's like one of the greatest shows uh, that was ever on TV. I am down to do a Sliders episode at some point because I, I did have I the would first love... season on Box and watched it all. <laughs> I would love to join you. Because what, what a great show. This is a show that I've never, I, I actually have no awareness of or totally recollection. St- totally stands up. Mark totally quickly describes Sliders to Gavin in under 30 seconds. Oh boy. It's like, oh geez, I'm, I'm really going through this. So basically it's Chris O'Connell. He's like super, super smart. He comes up with a way to go, go between dimensions. Uh, also the guy from Indiana Jones is there. The His, his like buddy. Um What's that guy's name in Indiana Jones? Anyways, it's not important. He's awesome. Uh, <laughs> 30 they, seconds are ticking. They go, they go through all of these uh, different like alternate universes because they get stuck uh, slide, sliding through alternate dimensions. So there's all sorts of crazy things that happen. It's super great. I was like, it's a quantum leap style. Well, no, because it's alternate universes. But I mean, it's I was thinking quantum leap. Same thing, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's that's the closest thing to compare it to, especially like I, su- in that superior time. show though. I also feel like uh, I do yeah. describe most media in terms of its relationship to the structure of quantum leap, though. So it's as uh, you should, yeah, as you should. It's it's that's one way of understanding the media at large, and uh, you know, kind of our shared culture. <laughs> All right, so do they go to the strip club next? Is that next? I yeah, that, think, that yeah, sounds he right. Finds the thing in his pocket, the the matchbook. Yeah, and they, was... they were so excited to just go to a strip club as if it's not just a thing you can do, right? At any time, because 
because we maybe they're underage. Yeah. We'd never fit in in a place like this. Which, again, how old are they? <laughs> you guys. Please just email stillgoodpod at gmail.com if you have any theories. <laughs> um, this this is also where we're like, we see... Because I remember like watching the opening credits, which is all just like women dancing against like hallucinogenic backgrounds. And then I look down and look back up and there's like a sexy version of Mewtwo dancing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just what? like, what the fuck is going on in this? Oh, I missed that. <laughs> so that's what's uh, beautiful about the opening sequence is it goes through all of the events of the entire movie. It's like you know that that really setting you up like the bookends to mm-hmm. when you're when you're formulating a good argument. It's like really the thesis statement of the movie is something that you can deliver in the beginning. Um, they I remember taking screenwriting classes, and that's something that they talked about is delivering the theme of your movie. Uh, in the beginning is just really important. Well, it's exactly like in uh, Shaun of the Dead, where they're where they're planning out what they're gonna do, and it's like all of the parts of the movie. Yeah, but, uh, screenwriting yeah. one hundred and one. It's basically it's as as well written as Shaun of the Dead, I would say. <laughs> I think it's it's very important for a film. Uh, to have a title that is not only a quote from the movie, but it's a quote about the driving premise of the movie. Uh, so five stars, five stars all around. It's getting that quest out there early. That's all my heroes criteria. on that journey. Yeah, like what is um, this? Some sort of fight club? Like it works. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're in a strip club. So, and this is where that How- feeling that you first got. Uh, right when the Chrissy Boner scene started. This yeah. is where that just keeps happening. You're mm-hmm. like, oh boy. They like triple down on, uh, yeah. Oh, is this still going? Cool. Yeah. Now they walk into the strip club and everyone immediately knows who they are, which was, that actually, that, that worked. I can see why they get excited yeah. for that. It's not sure. just like we were at a strip club. Oh my God. Wait till we tell people we were at a strip club. No, that's not a, that's not a thing. Let me let me but say like, though, if somebody came up to me, they were like, "Oh yeah, man, I go to the strip club so much that everybody knows me." I'd be like, "That is maybe not the coolest person I know, but it's it's definitely I've, a choice." <laughs> I've got I've got a friend like that, a uh, writer producer friend of mine in San Francisco, who I'm not going to name, even though he'd probably be cool with it. Yes, yeah, like shout his, out. He does he does his lunch meetings at one of the strip clubs in North Beach. It just sits at the bar and has the buffet. It makes phone calls. And well, he probably doesn't make phone calls. There's music around, but he just does all the producing computer work and breakdowns. Just and all the strippers know him and the bartenders. And he's just he's just a regular. And he takes his laptop to a strip club and works. And that might be the coolest guy I know. That's a, yeah. That's a little different. Uh, so like, how would you uh, that's describe like his office? Yeah. Yes. How he, would he's you... got a community that he's building? Yeah. I wonder if he gets to. Oh, does he get to write that off? <laughs> anyway <laughs> it's tax season yet i yeah, bet he could yeah. yeah he's there to no, work it's, it's, oh man yeah it's you know, you know it's like if you designate part of your uh your house as a as a at-home office he's yeah just got, his like, home office is office. just like hustlers club or whatever i just can't the concentrate without a uh without a wet hot slippery uh, lap dance so. oh god yeah just that terminology <laughs> well this is why like i'm having trouble working from home right now during quarantine <laughs> yeah so what happens in the strip club everyone knows them and then and then and then uh well let's see the i think her name's tanya uh approaches ashton kuchar 
and says something about a wet hot slippery lap dance. Um, Ashton Kutcher for, for how much money? How much money is for, this lap for, dance for free? This for one's free. on me. This one's on her. And I think it is important to point out at this point, Ashton Kutcher is very excited and super down. And In how, fact, how, uh, how Sean William Scott is uh, quite jealous. I'm just asking a question that the movie never asks. <laughs> they're they're super they're super sucky boyfriends. Agreed. Um, but yeah, so they, they they he goes back to the private room for that super slippery, uh, wet hot super slippery wet hot lap dance. Which again is not a not a name that I'm ever going to be comfortable with, because uh, I'm a prude. I and this brings me it. to the first note that I wrote down, where I just wrote <laughs> "gay panic." <laughs> yeah, the the transsexual villain trope, which I didn't remember being in this movie. I remember Nor it from I. Ace Ventura. No, I blocked it out completely. Well, I think I think the reason you forget about it is because they don't do anything with it. Like that's just the joke. Is that she is a he, right. and there's nothing oh, more oh, there. Oh, 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 oh. I remember even as a kid being like, "Yeah, this really isn't very funny." Yeah, it's it's not great. It's, and I was it's like, not a good look. And I was like twelve, so. <laughs> but what is a great gag is when he walks out of there, and Sean William Scott is just break dancing with a bunch of strippers. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> so we're at, we gotta at go. zero. We for gotta the go. This is an emergency. It's a breakdancing stripper emergency. Yeah. <laughs> Which, Which is like, a valid response. It's it's a it's a it's a gag that doesn't need to be in the movie, but if I'm being completely honest, thought it was gonna go a lot worse than it did. Agreed. Yeah. Which is something anyway. I will repeat by the end of this episode. <laughs> It's it's like um, it's like Gavin always said to me, if you make a mistake twice while you're playing a song, it becomes part of the song. It's not a mistake anymore. Am I quoting you correctly, Gavin? Uh, I, I, sure. I, I feel like you've said that to me. Anyways, I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, I wish I could take credit for that. I probably. I mean, it, it might have been a smarter friend. I don't know. I, you know, that's a that's a fair wager. <laughs> All right, and but, then uh, I think that they make that mistake two times in the movie, and um, <laughs> still kind of a mistake. At least we'll and see. It, that and it and it is, but I think they could have made it worse. <laughs> where where do yeah. they go after the strip club? I think is that where they're walking down the street, and then they get pulled into the um, the tailor. Oh yeah, right. That which was leads, a, also a weird moment. Which leads into the um, tattoos, which is just one of the best takes on who's on first that I've ever seen. Yeah, no, every everything about this is very Abbott and Costello and delightful. This is, <laughs> with the exception of the uh, the dry cleaner who's just like pleased to be a part of their adventure, it is clearly like doesn't exist outside of that scene. You have to remember, he's getting a lot of money, you have to assume, in cash. Is kind of the way I read, like, right. what's happening. <laughs> he's I've like, also, like, I've always kind of seen him as being, like, almost like a magic dry cleaner. Where he, like... Which is another know. trope that's a little dangerous, but, yeah. 
That's true. I, this is I, not I, the only movie that has a magic dry cleaner. <laughs> I don't know what that says about our society, but I, I'm sure someone has written a thesis on it. Yeah. Um, but And then in their pockets, we find some very important items, which are a kaleidoscope, cube. which does not come back, Rubik's a pigeon, cube. which immediately dies. It was a dove. <laughs> or, yeah. I mean, a dove's a pigeon. They're the same. It flies into a fan that is not established in the scene, is just off screen. It's a pretty lazy gag for a movie that's I, so good at setting things up for I, payback. Also, no say, one can't, cares. Can't disagree more. Can't disagree more. I think it's a very successful gag. Like, simply because it was never like never established. Yeah. And and just it's another thing that they just quickly move on from. There is no right. like cares. no one even I mean, is disgusted or sad. They move on from stuff very quickly. That is the key to this type of comedy, though. Is if like if it doesn't work, quick throw another just, joke in. There's go. there's no laugh track to worry about. There's no pauses needed. Just go, just go. Which is why in my head this is closest to like a Leslie Nielsen movie than anything else. Like it feels like a oh, shot, like a sort of Adam Sandler movie. But like it's very much the, what you just said is how I've always described Airplane, which is one of if not my favorite comedies of all time. And not all the what? jokes in Airplane are good. But if you don't like it, you could just wait five seconds for another one. What a great film. I'm more of that's a Naked Gun fan, but, you know, that's fair. Go back and rewatch Airplane. Airplane, I, like, everything at Airplane I guarantee, works. Naked Gun doesn't yeah. all work. Not you every will, joke, but every going. scene. Like, it's... Airplane's great. Agreed. Full disclosure, um, I've watched Airplane twice in quarantine already. <laughs> in wow. his comfort. Well, anyway, now we move on to the Roger, hip-hop Roger. music video section of... Uh, of the movie where Bust all of a move. sudden, we're, yeah, we're just I doing Young MCs Bust It. Your movie showing. I don't know <laughs> how movie. I forgot that this was in the movie. <laughs> I, Out I of everything, this probably I is where I know this, this song movie. from. This, this is definitely As, where I know this song from. Oh, seriously? So, like, mm-hmm. my mom didn't, my parents didn't push a lot of modern music in the cabin that I grew up in. But mom had a cassette tape of this Bust is a Move, a and this was probably, like, the first hip-hop song I ever heard. Ooh, Maybe the most important in my life. Yeah. about the five-year-old blowing. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah. pretty solid. Um, it's a great and song. And to me, it's yeah. just like, no, everyone knows this song. It's it's famous, and everyone grew up on it. I mean, That's... you want it, you got it. You want it, <laughs> baby, you got it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely feels like a song that was just everywhere, but I, I, I'd assume that this is probably why, probably why I knew it, and I just entirely forgot. Um, and then they just move on from this too. There's no. This is just establishing oh, yeah, that they found out that they, they leased the leased the car. Yeah, they've got a Mercedes uh, convertible. And that's the first thing I thought. They were like, "We leased a car." I would be terrified if I found <laughs> out that I leased a Mercedes. <laughs> With That's right. Just they didn't no buy it. <laughs> they didn't yeah, buy they... it with all the cash they apparently had. The you have to night. assume they do not know what the word lease means. Right. I don't. I don't think they understand how money works at all. Yeah, I mean, there's no point where they really establish. Um, I don't know anything. <laughs> they've been yeah, because they've <laughs> just been potentially let go from their pizza jobs, and. Uh, 
that's not even a concern to them. It's Which just... they just do not care about at all. In fact, later on, they order more pizza from their boss. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, I forgot about Which that. Which it seems like um, they are not going to pay for it any time. But they get the Mercedes, and I want to talk about this a lot, because this leads me into, into <laughs> my favorite scene in the movie. Uh, how do you guys feel about Fabio? Oh, yeah, I love just, I love Fabio. His 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 face just fills me with joy, even when it's not smeared with dead goose or whatever that like weird fact was that was going along. Did you guys see that? No, there's a this is entirely outside. Making of, things up. No, we're gonna have a Fabio talk segment. So so Fabio uh, semi famously uh, went to the opening of a roller coaster, and um, on its virgin ride. He was sitting up front because, of course, he is because he's beautiful. Like of you know, course, no, uh, no, uh, hair no, no question. The, My God, hair whipping in I the wind. Believe that's agreed upon. Yes. Um, anyway, him front row. Goose. I'd want to sit right behind him so that I could feel his hair tickling my face. Well, this goose just wanted to tickle his face uh, itself, and uh, okay. flew into Fabio's face while on the roller coaster and uh, got mangled. And then there's just like photos of Fabio at the end of the ride covered in moose blood, or not moose, goose blood. <laughs> How'd the moose get up there? And it's both like simultaneously very sad and very silly at the same time. Anyway, we've my, spent too long on so this. It's so much better my, what I my, imagined it as a moose. <laughs> my Fabio memory, since we're going around, um, is he was on the Tom Green show and his refrigerator was full of I Can't Believe It's Not Butter. Like very much so in the way that uh, Jesse and Chester's fridge was open or was filled with pudding, and uh, my mental image is Fabio with no shirt on, Tom Green sitting on the back of his dirt bike, and Fabio wheeling down like a like a residential road, with Tom <laughs> Green just clinging onto him. It's amazing. I'm sure the clip exists. That sounds like yeah, like a. There's a lot of strange summaries you can make of this decade, but that sounds like one of them. So to me, Fabio is pretty much um, the I still can't believe it's not butter, but guy. (laughs) That was the sequel. I still can't believe it's not butter. I still can't believe it's not butter. (laughs) See, I don't tie into that. I don't remember that. And cameoing in in movies like this. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I know him from, is that beautiful man ripped from a torrid... uh, sexual fantasy novel and brought to life he's yeah. you know like toys like toy story but but for um, romance novel. frustrated women what did i say Let's, you said something uh, you used a lot of great adjectives okay. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway we're like at, almost at an hour and we uh are not this, like this goes as long as it needs to do <laughs> like <laughs> for the most part i don't want to describe the plot of a movie on this podcast, except for Dude, Where's My Car? It feels dumb to do it any other way, because everything that happens <laughs> in this movie is painfully stupid in a remarkable way. That That, that is a, a fair summation. Like, I think this that was is, the tagline. This is the <laughs> simplest scene in this film. This is just, they drive their new car, which I don't think is a very sexy car, but Fabio seems to seem otherwise, because he has to be competitive about it. They They go up to a stoplight, and Fabio and female number four are in the next car. And then... And then... That has to be, like, female, like, uh, 
like 14 or something though. Well, sure. Because I'm on a breakdancing strip. I mean, I guess she's got no speaking lines. <laughs> but no, just Fabio. sort of looks. It's Fabio and the girl on Fabio's arm. And I was cringing through this whole sequence because of what had happened with the transphobia in the scene before. Because this is your classic scene where two people are at a stoplight and they're going to race or they're going to one-up each other and just see who has the biggest dick. I'm betting it's Fabio, but that's not where the scene goes. The scene telegraphs uh, that Sean William Scott and Ashton Kutcher are going to have to make out. And right, and that that's going to be, uh, you know, these have, we've already had some transphobia, and so the idea of kissing dudes seems yeah. like it's kind of off the like, table. Ugh, yeah, you just expect it's them to chicken that. out and give it to Fabio, and they just go in for it. Fully commit. <laughs> just a little Fabio bit of hesitation, though? they go to it, and then they high-five. <laughs> it, Fabio? It, surprisingly homophobic, though. <laughs> oh, in What's reality? Up? Or just no, from... I mean in the in the because they both get really grossed out. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the whole thing he's saying is like, yeah, but I got a girl. What do you got? And then they My just best go friend. to town. It is like a full commitment on on both of their parts. Yeah, Sean William Scott and Ashton Kuchar. It, and it I... does feel like there is that um, element of what's the word? Just like friendship at a level and comfort that is not only. Uh, something that seems new to masculinity at that time, but there's something very beautiful and wholesome about it. My thought was, okay, so you're down to make out with your best friend, but when the transsexual stripper who you were already attracted to kisses you, it's disgusting. Well, that's not your best friend. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I was like, how does this, how does this pencil? It makes no sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, like, <laughs> the other thing I expected, Sean William Scott never gives him shit about, like, making out with a male stripper. No. It's just a clearly Ashton Kutcher has told him off screen. It's like, oh, yeah, well, what are you going to do? We had a wild night. <laughs> but they high five and they move on. And for the rest of this movie, Sean William Scott and Ashton Kutcher have made out and it's never mentioned again. <laughs> it's never addressed. There's no tension whatsoever. And... The, the ethical dilemma I'm in is if they didn't have that transphobic scene beforehand, this would not be as funny. <laughs> Interesting. I don't, I don't know, know if I read it that, that way. I, I, I think it would still be hilarious. Like, because they win. Like, that's a fun moment where it's like, oh, checkmate, question mark. Oh, shit. You didn't know you weren't playing chess. <laughs> I almost think it would be funnier if they didn't have the transphobic scene. Because, again, I, I was just going yeah. back to that and being like, well... You were like totally into that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it sours scene, it just a little bit. I think it would be funnier make without sense, it. Scene to scene, is that what you're saying? Um, no, it makes perfect logical sense. Scene to scene. All right, good. Yeah, I want as we have established, on this. I'm going to give you my 20 point breakdown uh, right after this. Okay. Okay. So from here, uh, I think they're kidnapped by Zoltan. By Zoltan, the cult of Zoltan. And Jeff. And Jeff. We're not very far into this movie. (laughs) No, we are not. Um, (laughs) No, I thought we were at least halfway. (laughs) I think it goes quick from here. I I forgot about Zoltan. That was a weird moment where it's like, at some point I paused the movie 
and you know like you can see where you're at in the movie and uh, I was like nine tenths of the way from the, through the movie and I'm like what has happened like we how, <laughs> what, how did we get nine tenths through this movie and I don't feel like anything's happened but also everything's happened just and everything therein lies, therein lies the beauty of dude where it's my car so you keep um, saying but my, my favorite bit with the Zoltan thing is uh, they keep throwing up the Z every time Zoltan. the name is pronounced with their hands. And the driver of the car does it every single time and just <laughs> that is oversells this bit so well. It might yeah. be my favorite part of the movie. It's just this guy doing Zoltan and then quickly grabbing the wheel again because they're going to die. <laughs> this is one thing I will completely give the movie credit for, is every seed has, like, a background gag that I think is better than whatever the A joke is. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's funny that everyone's doing Zoltan. I think it's hilarious that the driver does it, and then quickly, like, the wheel always manages to turn and swerve. <laughs> He's committed yeah. to it. And I'm sure it's very easy to not even notice that. So from here, we're, uh, I just have a note that says, they're right, they are sucky boyfriends. Which I don't even know what that was prompted by that. Oh, I guess we haven't seen the, the we are hot chicks. We are, we are not dudes, we are hot chicks. Hot chicks with big breasts. Um, and uh, they which, are hot chicks. I, if I, I were, guess. If, if, I, if I could just uh, you quote... May. Smash Mouth, but change some of the words. Mm, I already said you may. Um, <laughs> I had to be theatrical about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the cringe starts coming, and it don't stop coming. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, uh, that's my review of Dooders My Car. <laughs> yeah, um, that scene is we are presented with uh, hot chicks and matching X Men style jumpsuits, um, which I can only presume that the WB version of X-Men ripped off this movie when it came to those jumpsuits. But um, there's like, there's the uh, classic uh, lollipop, not lollipop. What's that Popsicle. called? Popsicle. Different yeah. treat. And honestly, there's nothing like natural about the way that that Popsicle disappears off of the stick. Yeah, I'm, um, that I, that terrified and, me. <laughs> yeah, and if I could just say, there's no way I'm putting my dick there. Well, that's her. That's her. That's her alien mutant power. Right. Just, Which, just no way. Melt my. Don't as melt a my dick. sex man. It's definitely cringy, Ooh, but I nice. will say that totally does work as evil, like sexy aliens, because it is terrifying. But also, <laughs> but a I lot. love how they're just into it, though. Yeah. They're in no way deterred. There, there, there's nothing inhuman about the fact that, like, it, like, literally looks painful. Like, <laughs> just... Yeah, the only thing missing is, like, a guttural, like... <laughs> <laughs> and then the brain freeze to follow. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, so, from here, they agree to hand over... I don't remember the name of the device. I should have written it down. The tra- continuum transfunctioner? Yes. Come on, man. They say it at um, least fifty times in this movie. <laughs> for uh, for 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 unknown sexual pleasures or erotic oral pleasures, pleasure. I believe or they say erotic pleasure, and then later on it's oral pleasure. So right, you, you well, can that's just how Sean. Path. That's just how Sean William Scott hears it. She'll give uh, them special I, treats. I I love the uh, um, ostrich fellatio scene. God, that was, what? That was yeah, that's I wasn't all. expecting that. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Uh, that will be all. 
So then we're we're into the DMV, I believe, uh, because they still need to. They don't know what happened to their car. No, they get pulled in by the police. No, because oh. we we just uh, yeah they get pulled in by the police. Our uh, our timeline is even more confused we, than the. I movie. think we we completely skipped a scene at this point because we haven't talked about the twins and when they go to their house. Oh, they are sucky boyfriends. Which is yeah, they, they're very that must sucky have been what that was. Yeah. And, a very, I go back and forth in how I feel about that prologue sight gag because it goes on too long and then somehow it doesn't go on long enough of them taking all the trash out of their girlfriend's house who, again, they've been dating for a year, have the same anniversary with twins. So at some point they met the twins on the same day and all got together. I mean, that's how I understand I just, the backstory fine. to They're me. roommates. Like, yeah, no, they, they not... met like at some party. Yeah. I'm not saying it's outlandish and wrong. I'm just saying it's an incredibly specific story that's being told here. I love the like super gnarly hole in the sock. And he's like <laughs> yeah. trying to pick up the well, bottle cap. <laughs> right. So the the bit is that they are they have collected all the trash from the party that their girlfriends have cleaned up from the house in the house Obviously from the they night didn't before. See outside. <laughs> um, and are holding. What looks like maybe twice their weight in trash between the two of them. <laughs> and then a piece, um, uh, a bottle cap falls off. And there is like, th- this bit was hilarious to me. It's just, just leave like, it, man. Just leave it. Just leave it, man. <laughs> no, I can get it. I can do this. Okay. And um, they proceed to spend like a good maybe two minutes trying to grab the uh, bottle cap with their toes both taking their shoes off with their feet and socks, I think, for Sean William Scott, too. Yeah, yeah, because his, his don't have the gnarly holes. Um, almost dropping the trash multiple times. Uh, but they do it. They do pick up the bottle cap, uh, but also puncture the trash bags and just leak what looks like poo sewage all, <laughs> <laughs> all over the walls and curtains and... But they and got then the, the whole, bottle the bottom cap. of the bag rips out. Like uh, as, right, as right in front of the twins, yeah. yeah. And, and then they, they get ejected, like like DJ Jazzy Jeff thrown out of the right. house. Yes. And they get their shoes thrown at their heads. <laughs> Which is <laughs> deserved. Because they, they took them off to get the bottle. I mean, this was, it is very funny, but it is a frustrating thing to watch. It reminds me of the scene in countless crime movies where it's just like oh man the criminal would have gotten away with it but deep down it seems like they want to get caught <laughs> they're making a mistake <laughs> or they're keep going in uh jesus christ and then um so at this point i guess we're back into the the transphobic territory when the and that's why the cops are there kind of right yeah, oh yeah, so they're talking to the aliens, and then the um, Tanya finds them for some reason. She's like, where's my money, boys? Um, that's a really, that's an on-point impression. Thank you. Well, you did the uh, looping for this movie, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uncredited, uncredited. That um, was probably a smart decision. Then the Popos uh, roll up, 5-0, and they think they're there for her. And nope, nope, jokes on them because the police are coming to pick them up. And then they go to the police station. Right. But also that was Which, also just a mistake because they are quickly. The well, interrogation th- scene 
we would be remiss <laughs> if we didn't examine. That was very airplane. Because Extreme. yeah, that scene is like classic slapstick. Yeah, no, awesome. it's it's a perfect scene. I have no problems yeah. with this. <laughs> um, to describe to describe what they are laughing about, uh, <laughs> it is a good cop, bad cop. But instead of wailing on either of our two heroes, uh, they just bring in like a uh, like a CPR dummy to just like <laughs> abuse, uh, just slap him, twist his head around several yeah, times he, before he putting a cigarette. He put out a around. cigarette, on which a dummy. pops the dummy's arm. <laughs> yes. so that the He's had enough, man. And it's like not phasing Ashton Kutcher in any way, but Sean William Scott is like losing it. Yeah. <laughs> and the solidarity is confirmed when they're kind of let, they're just randomly let off the hook through again, no action of their own. Cause they don't actually drive this story aside from, I guess, going places. Right. Traveling. <laughs> um, but yeah, that it is the moment that does work in this scene specifically for me is when Sean William Scott like walks over to the dummy, leans in and says, don't let them break you. Yeah. Hang in there. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> he wasn't even there. Yeah, that's so good. We don't even know then, this guy. Uh they're mistaken for they were mistaken for a little person and like a giant fat guy, which is, you know Yeah, a bald guy with a giant beard. Clearly comedy. Yeah. Um Yep. That works. And that's oh, that was a good yeah. throwaway gag. Um, but from there, uh, they yeah, They're in are... the place where they can try to get their car back. Right. Yeah. Rick. Fucking <laughs> Rick. <laughs> who is, who is Rick, you guys? You keep talking about this Rick person. He's like the guy, he's got big, thick glasses, nerdy guy, he's a cop, he works the front desk at the police department. And how would you describe his, his competence level if you were giving him some sort of professional review? If I, if he was my employee... Um, yes. Fired. Oh, oh my. So, He's so not good. Not maybe good in not, any way. maybe not that confidence. Yeah. Low, low, no. low I on the confidence be, level. Why would you um, say this? What, did, what does he do? What did he do? Well, he totally goofed. Uh, he accidentally sends their car to police auction rather than releasing it to them. Which seems like something that he should be, because it seems like he does that with the push of a button. Yeah, it seems like you could undo that with a push of a button. <laughs> and and I think it's important also to state that he gives them both a donut, and then they're totally chill. <laughs> also, those are the donuts that they brought him, right? Those are their <laughs> own donuts. Oh yeah, because they like, bought the whole Ah, what are you gonna donuts? do? Like, they can't be mad at Rick. I don't understand why they can't be mad at Rick. <laughs> Rick, yeah. <laughs> Uh, who's the goose? <laughs> Me. Oh man! Ah, um, <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, that was a that was a standby in my household too. If you if you if you messed up, you'd go, "Who's the goose?" Seriously? <laughs> Me. <laughs> yeah. I think I do remember that. I watched that movie a lot. I don't remember the slide, and I watched this movie yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so. Then I think we go to the DMV to try and unpush this button that Rick has pushed. <laughs> I'm going to have to confiscate your pinky. <laughs> <laughs> we just have to unrick the whole situation. <laughs> I, I did. This moment was great. This uh, works. This is another honestly classic great comedy scene. It's great. Ironically. The things yeah. that work for me are the very grounded comedy. 
In the well, it's like the isn't physical, a dog the... smoking weed. It's not like gay German aliens. It's but the... just okay, I agree to disagree. a person at the DMV. <laughs> well, and I mean, grounded, uh, but if, if by grounded you mean that she says, like, he reaches under to try and grab the piece of paper with the information that they need. She grabs his hand, threatens to break sev- <laughs> like several fingers before giving it back. Um, she she, I, she I, relents, leaves the paper yes. in 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 kind of reaching range, <laughs> and then walks away. Uh, Sean William Scott reaches under, grabs the paper, but has his hand stuck. It, uh, it feels like it could it actually oh, happen. That's what I'm saying. Um, I look. Oh. Uh, Ashton Kutcher fucking climbs on top of his shoulders to get leverage, like yeah. sticking his feet under the he's ceiling. Got like, got it's like, very good. It's very good. And then, yeah, he's like, what if I spit on it to lube it up? He's For like, lubrication. Ew, dude, no. And then she starts <laughs> coming back. <laughs> and then oh. not only does she like, she says, they, they have a, a continued conversation with his hand stuck down there, which is a bit that they do reuse quite a bit, which is always funny. Which is when, like, if this person they're talking to looks two inches in any direction, they're busted. (laughs) But thankfully, no one is observant in this world. No one sees off-screen in dudes like our. Especially not doves, unfortunately. I think that's the tagline. (laughs) But, and then upon discovering, so she, she says, well, I guess I'm allowed to give you the information. Uh, Looks down, sees that he has his paws on it. And then pulls out a switchblade while maniacally <laughs> laughing. It just laughs for the rest of the scene. <laughs> Everything about this works. It's yeah, so good. It is delightful. I might have to confiscate your pinky. <laughs> it's <laughs> just like one of the greatest lines ever pinky. written. And then they go straight to... I mean, the, there's a lot of smaller go... scenes in this movie. Like, there's a whole subplot with the jocks who are also trying to get the continuum transmitted. I'm fine right. just skipping For... all of that. There's not a lot worth talking about in those I scenes. I mean, definitely don't... Uh, the, the the twins volunteering at the blind camp. I mean... Wow, that was a moment. Yeah. That's high quality uh, co- uh, comedy and tasteful. I would say it's a very good sight gag. <laughs> oh. Badoom ting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh the trying to play the softball. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Keep your ear on the ball. And- One of the things that happens in this movie a lot. There's a scene where uh where what we're talking about right now is a teacher tries to teach a blind child how to swing a baseball and he gets hit in the nuts through some Switch, swing a baseball. That. Swing a baseball right. he's, bat. He's trying to hit sure. the, the ball off the ball post. Yeah, and he gets him right in the nuts and says, "I did it." And it's it's so <laughs> telegraphed that it's not even funny it's, to me. It's I, funny because it got him in the ball. It's still funny. I don't know. That's never been. That's never been my type balls, of slapstick. Kind yeah, I was of funny. Say, yeah, just try and follow this. It's because it's high quality comedy. <laughs> well, okay, I'm gonna disagree, but then I'm gonna agree a little bit later. Because later there's a scene where he just wanders in and a kid goes through on a slip and slide and kicks him in the nuts. That's funny. <laughs> that, right. I couldn't bring it, bring it on why back around, yeah. One of these things is funny and the other one is not. And like also it's a little bit concerning because I think if you're like physically seeking help after you get hit in the balls, it's probably not like a normal uh testicular hit. Um so it's a little concerning. 
as well. You wonder if there was like maybe a rupture yeah, or some torsion. Yeah, or some torsion or something like that. So I was a little bit concerned for him as well. But anyway, we do not find out what happens to this individual. No, but this is where the twins, it's important to uh, note, this is where the twins eat, uh, meet those evil space sluts. <laughs> yeah, just that word was awkward to hear in the sluts. in the movie too. Uh, uh, yeah. But yes, they yes. meet they meet um, and and reconfirm that not only have do they have they broken up with our uh, our heroes, but they don't care what happens to them. Mm-hmm. And then we move on. Which um, yeah, I think deep down they do care though. You know. It's very they hard are pretty, to tell. They are pretty sucky boyfriends, though. Um, and then we're but they're we're with... pretty poorly drawn female characters, so maybe I, I it all say, evens out. I would say they are to being boyfriends as Rick is to being a police officer. <laughs> what? It's called a great joke. Ah, are you one of the writers on Dude Where's My Car? Because you are blowing my mind. It back. You're Uncredited. It back. Uncredited. <laughs> and I was like 10. So it gives you an idea of the quality of writer they were. Yeah, that, that makes yeah, entirely that makes entire sense. Jokes, and that's why you're defending them so much. Uh, uh, jumping so back now, ahead, where are we at? Ostriches? I think we're with, we're at the, we're at the, are we at, we're not at the farm with Zoltan? Uh, the ostrich farm was first, right? I don't think so. Okay. I think we're, because it's not, a, is it oh, red? Right. Then it's not a barn. Yeah, which is, which is yeah, my favorite joke in this movie. I wrote it down specifically. I've got very simple notes. It's how old are they? I hate what John William Scott is doing in this movie. They recap every five minutes. The Fabio scene is the best. And is it red? No, that it's not a barn. And it's not a barn. Those are all my notes. I I, I also so they they have been kidnapped by the Zoltan uh clan Zoltan <laughs> and um, who are now all dressed it's a, it's in bubble wrap cult. hoodies yeah bubble wrap they're hoodies inter, they're interstellar jumpsuits how the fuck do you do this Mark <laughs> I, I like I said I've seen it a lot of times <laughs> um, I also love how long the moment goes where they, they uh, knock out two of their captors and put on <laughs> <laughs> where we are Grabs the he physically goes and grabs the fire extinguisher, mimes hitting them on the head, and then puts the fire extinguisher back to try and get Sean William Scott's character to hit him over the head with the. But he's like already there. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a dumb and delightful bit. To yeah, because another scene that yeah. doesn't need to be five minutes long. <laughs> right. Because it, it's telegraphed again as the joke is that like Ashton Kutcher is slightly more intelligent than uh Sean William Scott in at least in his own mind but they're both so dim that like it's it, it's just beautiful I don't know how to better describe it that's like the main thing that works for me about the entire movie is that like that dynamic of the people who are like they're just so dim. It's like the movie is the ocean and they're rocks and the ocean just kind of crashes. Like the movie just kind of crashes onto them over and over again. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that's it. To me, that's, you know, a pretty good comedic setup. 
And then continues with the, another good joke of now that they are dressed in these hoodies, they have successfully uh, snuck into the cult and are listening to the leader deliver um, that how close they are to saving so, the universe. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, though. Uh, they are interstellar jumpsuits. <laughs> sorry. So. Um, and then it's like the, the two now naked guys, um, they're, they're ex-captors holding. Very, very overweight. Also. <laughs> and holding the um, fire extinguisher. And one of them thinks it's got like a pillow. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, you stole our suits. And like, no, we didn't. Yes, and you every, did. everyone just sits there and listens to them argue about whether or not they have stolen the suits for like <laughs> yes, a good did. 10 seconds. <laughs> just looking and, back and forth, whipping their heads. And, and they're definitely using the same soundbite also. It's like, it's, no, we didn't. And then it's, yes, you did. <laughs> and it's like the same, yes, you did. Every I did. Time. I wrote that down. These are my final notes, which is that soundbite. So this is the this is about the part of the movie where the edible really kicked in for me. And my final <laughs> note of the night was, God, I want a giant thing of bubble wrap right now. You know, in this day and age, could be could be the the you know, the way to combat corona successfully. It's true. I, I heard Gavin saying on the radio uh, that if you are going to the store, you should wrap your face in bubble wrap. So, and that's that's the governor of California. Mm-hmm. That's not me. Yeah. Um, yep. No legal problems fr- there. <laughs> from here, somehow we get to an ostrich farm. Well, we hop oh, a boy, fence and then we're happen? in an ostrich farm. <laughs> and it's, there's a sign that says Trasp- uh, trespassers will be castrated. Uh, and, and also, I think we glossed over. I love the scene where the Zoltan crew they pull up in minivans on either side of the Mercedes, and uh, Ashton Kutcher's like, "Oh, these guys are harmless. Don't worry about it." And then Jeff comes out with two hypodermic needles and injects something into their necks, and no, specifically like backflips into their car and gets both of them at once, like a, mm-hmm. a sneaky ninja. Oh, and I, we have no. He's hiding under the. Yeah, he's, he's like just hiding. hiding. He gets up and he tasers the, them. Like, uh, Do we all remember this like differently? The... I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, it's tasers. He... It's totally tasers. Yeah. It's no, tasers. But I think he front. He front flips into the car. No, he's he's hiding under the like. So it... the cover for the the top. Gavin, the fuck? How do you? <laughs> right in. <laughs> in but in but to be fair to Gavin, he may have front flipped in. We don't know. <clears throat> That's true. He may have. I just like that your version of this movie has him front flipping in and jamming them both with hypodermic needles. <laughs> T- tasers. I, I-, I will yeah, say they the are tasers. Were, the not, needles not were needles. my thing. Um, but yeah, uh, there. Then this this is we have the timeline right also because this is the first inc- uh, incarnation of the uh, dream blowjob joke. Where, right. Uh, where the lady's like, now I've given you oral pleasure. Now can I have the continuum transfunctioner? Mm, let me Chester's think about like, it. Mm, let me think about it. Yeah. So that's the first one. Right. Um, then somehow they're in an ostrich farm where they, I guess their car has been sold. Some, they got, oh, that, I guess that's information from the DMV. Yeah, he gets that information from the DMV and they go out to this, um, yeah, there's like a lot of like uh, terrifying. There's a lot of scary signs I remember um, about like getting castrated. Yeah, specifically, uh, they're, they're, it's like you will get your balls removed. Which I'm, also pretty pretty sexist to say that uh, women can't be ostrich poachers because it's it's you know I you think know, women can be whatever they want. It's true, and and 
after this movie, we started holding ostrich poaching centered movies to a higher standard and we're better for it. Which, yeah, thank God. Um, but so, yes, we discover uh, that they are surrounded by ostriches, which uh, Ashton Kutcher identifies llamas. as llamas. Yeah. Um, a disagreement that is not really settled between the two of them. <laughs> no, Ashton Kutcher definitely still thinks they're llamas. Yeah, there are later <laughs> scenes where he just keeps Tuesday. calling them llama. Yeah. Um, they escape and hide in not their car, but another car on the property. And it's a soft top. Big mistake. Right. And I think the Jurassic Park theme may play under this scene in places. Oh, was was this a Jurassic Park parody? Yes. this I believe that's what they're going for. Honestly, I think everything since Jurassic Park came out has been a Jurassic Park parody. It's this, just in the... tracks. In the zeitgeist. Um... I did like the bit where when they're all in the car and the ostriches just leave and and, and yeah. um, one of them says, it's, they're leaving. It worked. And then he goes, what, what worked? Whatever we didn't we do did. anything. <laughs> Whatever we did. Yeah, uh, and then, you know, the head comes down. Yeah. The full T-Rex. Which, yeah, and we get our second. Now, uh, I love it it's important to say that this is the second incarnation. Ostriches. The blowjob joke. Yes. Now featuring an ostrich. Uh, now featuring an ostrich. Which I also read as like Jurassic Park 3 where there's just the uh, velociraptor on the plane in the dream yeah, sequence. Yeah, that dream sequence. <laughs> that is pretty good. Solid callback. Yeah. I, I just barely remember seeing Jurassic Park 3. Um, it's a movie and it happened. I remember there was a moment when we were watching it and I was, I was with my brother, as I often was back then watching movies. And um, he's like, man... If there's a scene where well, I think they, there's like raptor eggs, right? That's like one of the MacGuffins. Correct. Of the movie. Yes. So, uh, and Alan Grant has them in a bag and my brother goes, man, if there's a scene where Alan Grant holds out the raptor eggs to the raptor and goes, huh? Huh? To like, kind of like throw them off and like make him think he's going to drop them. I, we're going to turn the movie off. And that literally happens. And we were like. Yeah, this movie's this film's garbage. It's, this, is a, this is a garbage movie, and yet it's still film. my second favorite of the Jurassic Park series. Well, <laughs> yeah, but there's not a great pool <laughs> to pull yeah. from there. True, uh, but it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what um, I really wanted to say about ostriches and why this sight gag really works for me is like ostriches are angry, violent creatures, and there's a lot of ways they can hurt a human, and instead they just have them headbutt them. <laughs> <laughs> they're not pecking. They're not using their incredibly powerful legs to just kick them across the screen. They just headbutt them and knock them out. They are actually terrifying creatures. Yes. Like, despite looking like silly, silly ballerina giants. They headbutt them, and then in the next scene, they're giving them head. Oh. Not, not sure what um, you're drawing there. My next note is Andy Dick is in this movie. Which is a as a point of contention, apparently. So this next scene is uh, by the far ever popular my mouth. least favorite scene in this movie. I don't think anything about this really makes me <laughs> laugh. I think they're just glossing over that a man has been trapped in a cage for three years and no one I'll cares. I'll have a near beer, please. And I think Andy Dick just jumps in every chance he gets and says something terrible and not funny. There is which has been his can't entire disagree career. More. <laughs> just cannot disagree more. I I think this is one of the greatest scenes of the movie. 
Uh, How and Andy Dick only says hilarious stuff. There's it, not a single time he makes me laugh in this movie. I I don't know why this entire segment from post DMV till they're out of this entire situation is in this movie, which I guess you could say about anything in this movie. <laughs> but like, but, you could really remove this part, and the movie would be better for it. But um, you know, it, it felt like they could get Andy Dick, and if you can put Andy Dick in a movie. Like why wouldn't you? Like this is this scene is only here to to give you an Andy Dick cameo and have someone pronounce honorable, honorable. In a, in a, in I'm a, a honorable right. man in a French accent. But they spent <laughs> so much time thinking about whether they could put Andy Dick in the movie that they didn't think about if they should. That, ah, this is ah, ah. for for me. This is one of the greatest. This is like one of the high points of the movie. I think it's like I think it's like, like how can you say that? And, well, Andy Dick works off, for me too. I yeah, just like Andy Dick. Uh, bad, bad French accents are hilarious. Yeah, I don't. I don't Always. know. Not as themselves. <laughs> like, there's no joke in there except that um, Andy Dick gets to go. What would you say? He's well. The a, joke it's is not also a good that joke to interrupt French, the actual other jokes that are. Going. He's a Frenchman who raises ostriches and takes ostrich poaching. Which is apparently like a problem in the greater Los Angeles area. And in France, yeah, because never... he specifically and adapted the punishment from the French. <laughs> if they were in France, right. he would treat them so much worse. So there's this like weird thing in the world where ostrich poaching is a huge problem, even in like metropolitan areas. And this guy takes it so seriously that he unlawfully has trapped this strange guy ostrich poacher in his garage for um, three and, years and for three years and then comedy ensues that's not inherently funny the ostrich <laughs> part of it is but like okay, I, can't I was gonna say past... don't make me explain it again because it is very funny <laughs> anyway uh from here uh they went over the frenchman oh, by and that and then there's the part where andy dick fools them uh, i think ashton kutcher into shaking his hand that's another <laughs> he great bit. Pulling yeah, pulling him into his cage. He's like, "All right, now I got gotcha. you." <laughs> and and then also like, Andy Dick seems very crazy, but he doesn't seem in distress. No, he he seems which is to like both, another funny part of it. He seems to, in a very Andy Dick manner, both um, receive distress and pleasure from the current right. situation that he's in it's almost like he's like a little bit into it any any threat is met with no no but maybe later yeah do you want me to hose you down again which you know on its face not very funny but somehow andy dick manages to sell it honestly or wouldn't be surprised <laughs> honestly wouldn't be surprised if those two are a couple and this is and just this is some sort of like weird sex complicated sex play mm-hmm. yeah i like then that it's a very positive way of I mean, subtext. It's not an LGBT positive movie. Except it, for that you, Fabio scene. There's board. Well, <laughs> there's like, and that, that's something that kind of keeps happening is there are like, because the next scene that comes up is we do meet um, Tanya, question marks, boyfriend, who is we, more. I think it's Rico. Yeah. Who's much more like presents kind of as a drag king. But like, again, their genders are not clarified. They don't identify themselves. There's actually like the really problematic uh, Tanya self-identifies as a transsexual gender. I think she says 
gender challenged or something. Yeah, which she like uses yeah. a lot real of bad. descriptions that are not helpful to anyone's cause. No, no, very much not. But again, I think it is Sean William Scott who asks a question: uh, Are we supposed to be grossed out by this when they're when they start making out? I don't know. And yeah, it's a little bit more accepting. It's yeah, it's still definitely played for laughs and definitely not a good look, but. It, it does feel like they're almost trying to grow. I, I want to give them that doubt. I don't know if they definitely haven't earned it, but I want to give them that. Yeah, no, uh, it's one of the things where, like, given the tools on screen, it went better than I expected. But that's not good enough to just try. No. <laughs> like, It's not a pass, for sure. Not a pass. Yeah, I feel like you could have easily cut that stripper out of the movie even later you could have also cut out andy dick okay false <laughs> i mean I, I, i'm off this podcast i'm out of here <laughs> anyway this is where we get uh Angry we, we haven't like even yeah even touched on the keepers and we're at an hour and a half so let's keep going <laughs> oh that's right those are the, the we are the keepers the nordic the, the nordic gents in their in their tight uh, leather uh, tank tops. And honestly, and I think this will be an unpopular opinion, but th- that totally works for me. I think that they're <laughs> hilarious characters. Oh, they I are think right. Yeah, there is something yeah. enjoyable, but it's definitely not a very global. Uh... <laughs> like a weird space German thing is hilarious to me. Um, but so now this is when they decide to take a stand after. First of all, discovering that they do have the money that Tanya said they owe them, which I'm sure we established earlier in this podcast as a driving force behind this movie. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> they give the money to the happy couple. Who, Where's my money, boys? <laughs> who take off into the great unknown, and everyone catches up to them at the same time, and they're in a in a Chuck E. Cheese oh, style. They're in like it's a Chuck important e. to David say Buster's that Tommy, uh, the the evil space sluts, uh, had told him that if he got same offer. Right, he so the also the jocks are chasing Jesse them. And Chester got. So they're being chased by the jocks, the Zeltan cult, yeah. the everyone, evil, the alien hot chicks. Everyone really who's trying to movie. cheat on their girlfriend meets in one room at the end. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's very Chekhov-y. <laughs> and um, all the, the guns same time, that have been introduced through the movie are about to go off. Right, uh, including uh, the from their pockets and their suits. The Rubik's Cube. Which I that, do not remember. Well, they, they get like a... They, they buy like a toy with their tickets that were in the locker with the money. Right. To throw off and the, the scent. And the, yeah, the Japanese... Apparently they learned Japanese in one night also, which is impressive. Um, all while wasted. They were very all wasted. wasted. And they, they buy like a fake Continuum Transfunctioner, which is a toy that is all around the the establishment so and the jocks, not very convincing everyone looks like fools yeah but fortunately everyone no one looks, looks more than two inches off screen for most of the right. scene <laughs> right until it serves uh, the comedic purposes of this film uh, but at this exact moment when this is all uh, discovered to be a ruse by the jocks Sean William Scott manages to finish his Rubik's cube thus the Rubik's uh, cube is a continuum transfunctioner yeah we go into a, into another just flawless CGI uh, extravaganza, <laughs> uh, which in which the Rubik's cube turns into a kind of Death Star looking thing with red dots, all, red like lights all over it. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> it's like beeping. 
Yes, and then um, the Nordic, the Nordic gents from outer space. Uh, totally gay Nordic dudes, I think, <laughs> is what they call them. Their words, not mine. Right, I didn't, of course. I didn't write that scene. Um, they have started, and then the, also the Zoltan people confirm it that they have just started a, a ticking time bomb that will destroy the universe as we know it, See which the universe is the goal of the hot chicks. Mm-hmm. Um, which doesn't make any sense. You know, why, why would you want to destroy the universe? Because they're sluts, Mark. Oh, good point. Because they're promiscuous. Huh. And Silly me. <laughs> but thankfully, uh, they refuse to let themselves go down in history as the dudes they, who destroyed the universe. That's a direct quote, yeah. They spent so <laughs> well much done. time talking about this and making up a I plan. I think it takes longer to describe this movie than the movie is. I think by yeah. the end of it, we'll be on I think we have passed the, uh, we have passed the runtime of this movie. Yeah. Um, and we've thrown Which, in about as many dumb bits as as they have, so I don't think we could even one compete. One. But if you if you're still with us, uh wow, power to you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sticking through all the all these minutes of Mark Does Voices. Honestly, I've fallen asleep a couple times. <laughs> um So they this is where we get the pudding is the the pudding the proof's in the pudding. Oh, it's the eighteenth hole prize yeah they say like how if you were with us last night yeah and you really are the good aliens how well did we do at mini golf a hole in one and it all comes back together they had won a lifetime like supply of pudding by getting a hole in one and thus have the key to saving the universe they trust the right Evil, like they're the right sexy aliens, mm-hmm. and uh, the universe is saved. But also, there's a super hot giant yeah. alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's say, not, does not, anything yeah. else happen? Um, all the all of the, no, you go. Sorry, all the hot chicks, uh, the, the 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 ones clad in the X Men looking costumes, morph into a giant less clothed. Um, the title says super hot giant alien. And uh, it's kind of like Attack of the 5,000-Foot Woman. And the F- effects 50 are... 50-foot. 50-foot, sure. That, that is a lot more. 5,000 feet would be like... Very that's large. A, you're that's right. a big you're right. woman. That's, that's basically a mile. <laughs> I don't want a size shamer, but... I will. Um, that's too big. And this is back, back <laughs> into the, the charming uh, effects that are in this movie. Like, I think it's the perfect amount of quality. Mm-hmm. I agree. I was actually pleasantly surprised when I was like, that looks only mostly terrible. Yeah, this, is yeah. Another, this isn't as bad as I expected it to be, although for very different reasons than all the other times I've said that. Right, because then they also say the joke like, I want to go on that ride, Dad. <laughs> Me too, son. So which is, which is worse than you remember it. That's a and real bad also, joke. It just, it just makes me imagine that. Just makes me imagine that guy climbing into her vagina. Yes, uh, yeah, I don't want to be imagining that. Yeah. yeah. So, well, welcome to my world. Do you think anyway. they ever made like a like a classic porn parody of this movie? I feel like they have to have, right? Yeah. There's got to be probably. a dude. Where's my cock out there somewhere? Dude, where's my <laughs> cock? Where's your cock, dude? Oh man, it, yeah, writes itself. Um, so I forget what the laser's called, and I feel like I'm really failing you guys because I've had a lot of the like uh, 
more more techie uh, names for things. Yeah, I don't, I don't, right. I don't care about this at all, Mark. You're good. Yeah, <laughs> but Miss, mo- moving Mr. on, they're they're being chased by a giant, giant, uh, a sexy they've, giant alien, and they've got the continuum transfunctioner, which is, I might add, labeled in English, which is very interesting. You'd think it'd be in Nordic. You'd think it would be in totally gay Nordic. Um, but and it and. Um, unfortunately, while they possess the tool to shoot and destroy the giant sexy alien, um, the button's too small for them to reach. Mm-hmm. Which is, um, Chester has a flashback to watching Animal Planet. It does. It just cuts to chimps playing with tools. <laughs> yeah. And it shows, yeah, they're, they're poking, uh, like an anthill with a stick or something like that. And the universe is once again saved. He, By the fact that Chester sits on the couch and watches Animal Planet all day, he takes his uh, swizzle straw. He pulls out Chekhov's straw. Also in, yeah, also in the locker, and he pushes the button, vaporizes the alien. Everyone lives happily ever after. Not only that, but they get their car back, and yep. they, they get, get their, their gifts back. for their girlfriends. Uh, they're they're men in men in black, mind wiped by the Nordic dudes. Everyone is, and uh, that's mandatory. True. So, what is the? They go back, they just reach their equilibrium, uh, and then there's an extra gift. And let's talk about the incredibly progressive ending to this movie. <laughs> How does this you know, movie end? I'm glad. Huge step for feminism, I I think. Uh, but they get a they get a. There's a couple of uh, clamshell shaped uh, containers uh, at the bottom of their gifts, and they have necklaces in them which their girlfriends then put on. And um, they're, how do you put this? They're hoo-haws, uh, I believe politely. is the, the term they're, that the movie uses. I was going to say, titties ah. uh, expand uh, to be very and, large. And everyone is delighted. Yes. And Roll there's credits. Like a, there's like a note in there about saving the universe. Yeah. Uh, we hope that you and your girlfriends like this present. Enjoy this present. Happy anniversary. And then we're presented with some very 2000s music that I have never heard outside of this movie. Yeah, every song of the soundtrack felt like eerily familiar, but I'm not sure if I'd ever heard of it outside of this movie. It's actually really funny because there's this, um, I think it's like a Wilco song called like Voodoo Woman. No, it's Ween. I'm so sorry. It's a Ween song. It's called something like Voodoo Woman. And I had heard the song like two days before I watched this movie. And I was like, why does this song sound so familiar? And it's the song and they only play like two seconds of it. But it's the like the when they're transitioning into the scene where they're pulling up to the drive through. There's like a clip from that song. And I was like, that's where I heard it. There's also a some 41 song used in transition that definitely brought back memories for me. Um, yeah, I looked at the credits and blurs in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and also good Charlotte, but I never listened to them. So I don't really recognize their stuff. Oh, they're good. Charlotte. I've heard that, you know, they're God pretty good. It, Charlotte. Mark. God <laughs> damn it. Um, but yeah, uh, there, we, we did miss one of my favorite jokes in the whole movie. Um, they're like sitting on the couch. I can't remember specifically where this plops in, but they get back to their house and they're sitting on the couch and they're talking about the twins and um, 
Jesse Ashton Kuchar, portrayed by Ashton Kuchar, um, he's talking about how he has this like feeling in the pit of his stomach. You should go sit on the toilet, dude. Yeah, and then Sean William Scott's like, yeah, you should go sit on the toilet, man. He's like, no, I think it's love, which is... Whoa, that's what that is. Right. I love her, and you love her. This say, yeah, I, lo- I love whatever, and you love Wanda. Wilma and Wanda. And <laughs> so they stand up to go, and then he's like, oh, hold on a minute, dude. I think I have to go. <laughs> I think I have to take a crap. See? And then, he- <laughs> and then Sean William Scott's like, see? I know your body. <laughs> and I just, that's it, like a- It is very cute. Yeah, that'll always get me. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> uh, they're, they're close friends. Very close. So with that, we're in the credits. Uh, I like that they also shouted out Namco for Time Crisis 2 and Tekken 3. Yes. Um, I actually sat through, sat through the entire credits, too. So I'm... I did not. It's just showing respect where respect's due. We <laughs> <laughs> um, get a gag but... reel of them just being awful to each other. <laughs> Yeah, there's like, there's like one moment that's that's pretty uncomfortable where it's like the the twins come out and they're just like they're just mooning us. We can't we can't work yeah. like this. Which is actually someone call remember, cut, please. This is what I remember most from the movie the first time I watched it. That's what stuck in my mind more than the ostriches, more than anything else is just that gag reel. And I remember watching all sorts of gag reels as a kid, and they just made movies seem like so much fun to be on. And now when I watch this gag reel, I'm like, oh, you are ruining this for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we've only got we've only got like ten hours with you people to get yeah. through this movie, and here you are, <laughs> just just pants down, committing crimes on set. Yeah, someone someone call both OSHA and uh, probably the studio's human resources department. Okay. Does anyone know what's happened to Sean William Scott? Uh, he was in a movie with The Rock. That's the last I remember. That He's was like just... fifteen years ago, dude. He's probably just counting his ducats. <laughs> yeah, I'm not worried about him, I don't think, but I have no idea. I'm concerned. I'm very concerned well, about Sean William right Scott. Right in to Sage Build. No. <laughs> if you are Sean William Scott and you have theories about how old your character is in this movie, email <laughs> stillgoodpod at gmail.com. Honestly, I've always wanted to meet the guy. Yeah. He seems you like know, a dude. He does seem like fun. Yeah. Actually, that's a good question. How long do you think you could hang out with these two characters in real life? Oh, the actual characters? Like, are we counting minutes? Is that... Yeah, yeah. I mean, depending on, you know, whatever's the easiest five. way to translate. Okay. It's just Noted. like these characters seem absolutely intolerable. I, I could probably do like a weekend. You know, I, I'm somewhere in between. I, I'll, I'll call it that way. Um, but yeah, so we've watched this movie. We've discussed it at length. Um... I mean, there's there's more to say. <laughs> did so? How did this live up in your memory, uh, Sage? Sean, uh, Sean William Scott is on a Lethal Weapon on Fox. Oh, it's a television show. That's Ooh. right, and that's on that's, its like third or fourth season or something. It, oh it no, would he replaced. So. Yeah, I remember reading reading all this stuff. There's a he pulled Weapon an Ashton Kutcher on Two and a Half Men, but Damon on Lethal Wayans Weapon and uh, Chase Crawford, Clayne Crawford. It doesn't matter who these people are, but they had an onset feud and they just replaced one of the guys with Sean William Scott, which is a bold move on a two-person show. (laughs) Well, I mean, again, Two and a Half Men, that's how Ashton Kutcher was making his 
money for quite some time is just coming in po- like mid-season and replacing uh, Tiger Blood Boy, <laughs> whose name I've forgotten. It's Tiger Blood Boy. Okay. Are you talking about the guy who... Charlie um, Tiger. Charlie Tiger Blood. Uh, who, who molested Corey Haim? Yeah, that guy. Wait, yeah. what? Have you not heard about that? I mean, there's been no. a lot going on in 2020. <laughs> it's like a thing. It's like a thing. That's what Corey Feldman said uh, I, I, when they were like 12 or 13. Tiger Blood uh, molested Corey Haim. Molested wow. might be a light word. <laughs> I, I remember hearing about the allegations, but I never knew someone got named. But yeah, well, fuck him then. Yeah, recently, recently Corey named. Haim's a national treasure. Agreed. I don't know enough to contribute to this. But not <laughs> in the movie National Treasure. I would also Shit. love to um, present uh, for for your consideration uh, of an episode. Uh, Freddie got fingered, the Tom Green classic. Mm. I do remember that liking that one quite. Because a bit. I have not seen it in a long time, but I'm sure it did not <laughs> age well. That's probably right. a fair assumption. I want um, to yeah. jump into our final segments, which is first final judgments. Uh, Gavin, break it down for us. How are our rating systems? Uh, well, our rating system as it stands currently is, is this still good? Um, that's the, that's the prized, the prized, uh, best of three. Uh, is it better as a memory? Like, you know, it was fine to revisit, but maybe you don't have to, maybe it's just live with those warm memories or is it something no one should ever speak of again? Ever. Uh, so what do you think, Mark? (laughs) That is... Wow. So th- those are my three options. Yeah, still good, better as a memory, or never speak of again. Um, boy. I just want to really consider my answer in case I ever run for public office. <laughs> um, honestly, probably better as a memory because I did not think of uh, any of those problematic scenes uh, when I was remembering the movie. Uh it's a much more wholesome film in my mind. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's only the funny parts. So I'm going to have to say better as a memory. Will I watch it again? You bet your sweet ass I will. Um, but yeah, it's never going to live up to what, what it was. Yeah, that, that's fair. I'd probably be on the same, same, same wavelength of it's better as a memory. Uh, there's still some... It was still fun to revisit. There's still stuff that like... I actually respected the way they handled certain jokes in terms of the comedy timing. Like the and then joke was better than I remembered it. Uh, (laughs) uh, I also was expecting that moment to be a lot more problematic. And, you know, it, it, you know, it's still there, but it's the and then moment or. Yeah. Okay. And then. Yeah. I guess you think of. Yeah, I figured there would be some uh, some stereotyping going in there, but like she really only is. says like eight words, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, it, there is, yeah. but like the the way the timing of the jokes is handled is better than I remembered it. Like yeah. the pizza gag was great. There's a <laughs> just a lot of great physical humor, and the way this movie works, which is something that like Family Guy when it first came out also had this going for it, is they really took the time to be. This is a dumb joke. We are going to do it to the fucking fullest. Here you are, five minutes of the same yeah. dumb joke. So that it's funny. Yeah. Then it's not, then funny, it's not funny. And then it's and funny again. And it's funny. And then, yeah. Full commitment. Yeah. 
And so I, the credit where credit is due, that, that was really cool and not something I fully remembered them doing as well as I think they did, despite how much they don't do well in this movie. Uh, but yeah, better is a memory. Um, but, you know, if you want to, it's not the worst time. It's not something I would send anybody out to go see specifically, though. Uh, I mean, you sent me to see it. <laughs> I'm going to pin that on Mark. I, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll blame, more of a I'll blame whoever thing. I have to. Uh, no, I've made it sound through this podcast like I don't like this movie, and that is that is far from the truth. It was definitely better than I expected. Uh, I really only remembered three or four moments that were really funny, and I was dreading the rest of the movie that I didn't remember. Um, and most of it works. Uh, but I'm definitely firmly in the better as a memory camp. <laughs> because I, yeah. I plugged out all the all the transphobic stuff. Um, I'm oh, surprised. Yeah. That was surprising. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, the moment where they make out in the car is the funniest thing I've seen this week. <laughs> and I also specifically, I bet I did not find that funny at 11 when I watched this movie. I oh, bet I, I, I found that gross. We grew up differently. <laughs> that joke is also, uh, Sean William Scott does like almost the exact same joke, and I would say not as well. In American Pie 2, which is one of the movies I had on VHS taped off of uh, cable. That's um, true. I yeah. can vouch for that. Had a had a really bad selection of like whatever was on Stars was my VHS collection for a little bit. So like I've seen uh, Scorpion King way too many times. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> which I would is a bad memory and I don't want to revisit. But uh, anyway, I think this takes us to. Uh, Go ahead. Well, I want to ask, um, if this movie comes out today, what does it look like? In a segment that I'm currently calling Reboot Time. Do you make a reboot to this, Mark? You're the executive in charge of the Dude Where's My Car Mm -hmm. intellectual property. Um, Do you make a sequel to this with the same characters, or do you reboot it with new people? That's... I didn't know you guys were going to be asking such tough questions. <laughs> it's, um, it's journalism, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> now, people need to know. I am somebody who just hates reboots. Um, so I'll pretty much always say no reboot. This one might be better as a reboot. <laughs> yeah, I feel I don't know how you make a sequel. Like I never saw Dumb and Dumber Two, for obvious reasons. Dumb and Dumber Er. Uh, no, that was that also was the thing, third right? one, I believe. Uh, no, because there's Dumb and Dumber, and then Dumb and Dumberer was the prequel, right? When Harry met Lloyd, and then oh, Dumb and Dumber T zero T O came Dumb out like a couple years ago, and oh. no one saw it. Yeah. Uh, but Dude Where's My Car, or let's assume Dude Where's My Uber. Yeah, it's Dude Where's My Uber. <laughs> if it comes out yeah, today. I'm, yeah, it is, a, it is a problem. I would maybe just consider um, re-releasing it as like a 45-minute movie. <laughs> just use the same stuff, uh, edit it for TV. I, I feel like I could edit 20 minutes out of this movie and make it a lot better. Not because it's too long. Like, it's still just like a tight 90-minute movie. I think less. Uh, but, like, there's at least that much amount of stuff that just doesn't work for me. 
Which honestly is like a full yeah. quarter of the movie. That's not great. I agree. Well, I, I, I'll come back to you guys when I have my, my screenplay mock-up of the reboot. Okay. There you go. And maybe we can go over that. Together. I expect it on my desk next quarter. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I think I would go see a reboot of Dude, Where's My Car? Um, but I don't know how you would write it. I think it's called The Hangover. Yeah. I mean, okay. The Hangover very much seems like an update for this. Um, I feel like it's more of like you say update, I say rip off. Um, I mean, that that's fair. <laughs> But yeah, like the structure is the Are structure you saying works. Dude, where's my car? Is the first movie where someone wakes up and has to retrace their steps and get in wacky adventures? I mean, as I'm Mark stated, I'm not sure. I'm if saying it's... it's the best movie. <laughs> oh, okay. You, you can you 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 said it specifically follows the hero with a thousand faces and kind of started the trend, if I remember correctly. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's I think I said exactly that, and I think if people were to rewind the podcast, they would hear me say that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, this mm-hmm. is already a mm-hmm. reboot of a Kurosawa film, right? Right, Hidden Fortress, I believe. Aren't we all? I think so. Uh, <laughs> Are we all? <laughs> I, but yeah, I, I agree. Like, this, you could remake this today. The structure is intact. The jokes are very, not plug and play, because they are all kind of looped together, but it could, it's just slapstick that comes from anywhere. So Dude, Where's My Uber would totally work. Can um, we do a, a really quick, um, just kind of verbal coming attraction? For uh, the Dude Wears My Car reboot? By all means. All right. Um, Following your lead who, here. Uh, I guess, who wants to be Jesse? Who wants to be Chester? Which one's Jesse and which one's yeah. Chester? Uh, Jesse, Jesse is uh, Ashton Kuchar, and Chester is Sean Williams. As long I'll as Chester. everyone's prepared, I could be the twins. <laughs> who are we going to cast? Uh, who do we cast for, for the updated? We got Zac Efron. Right, who's just one of for, both of them, for, really. For both of them. <laughs> okay, so it's, them. it's Zac Efron playing both yeah, of them. Zac Efron as, with a mustache for Ashton Kutcher and Cleet Javid Zac Efron for Sean William Scott. Boom. Okay. This summer, get ready for the reboot of your life. This is where you guys come in and you put in some uh, like some jokey words. Right. Uh, Dude. Uh Wait, let's take it from the top. Let's take it from the top. Let's take it from the top. Okay, let's rework this. Jesse and Chester just woke up. Hey, dude. And they can't remember what they did last night. Dude, Dude, I can't remember what we did last night. Do you? What did we do last night? I don't know, dude. What did we do last night? Well, let's recap quickly. But I don't know. Then they went outside and they couldn't find their car. Dude, where's your car? I don't know, man. I thought it was right there. But it's not. What do we do? <laughs> I guess we find your car, dude. That sounds like an adventure. And then they go on an adventure. Ah, whoa, this is a wild adventure. Do you hear that voice? <laughs> this summer, Zach Efron and Zach Efron are, dude, where's my car? Dude, you kind of look like me. Sweet. Boom. I think we nailed it. I think that was the worst goddamn thing I've ever been a part of. <laughs> I'm embarrassed for you two. No. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to say anything, but... <laughs> he said enough. 
Um, I will say that according to Ashton Kutcher, there is a, the existence of a script for Seriously Dude, Where Is My Car? Um, That's what they're going with. Sean William Scott has also agreed that he's down as long as it's rated R and is dark and it's dark and really weird. I would watch that. Oh. Um, I want to I want to wrap up by asking if there's any leftover fun facts about Durkar's legacy in the society. I mean, the question we have the, the Hangover has... films and uh, Harold and Kumar because of this. Right, and that actually, that director, uh, just to bring it back to the tick, which I'm going to try and mention as many episodes as possible. Mm-hmm. He did an episode of that. Which uh, which incarnation? Uh, the live action one with uh, well, Patrick Warburton. Oh, the, okay, the Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton. That's a, that's some of the finest television. It's that's ever delightful, and uh, yeah, uh, he also directed an episode of Freaks and Geeks, an episode of Arrested Development, uh, an episode of The Office. And an episode of The Sopranos. So dude got around. Dynamic. Gavin, what's the Rotten Tomatoes score of this movie? <laughs> I, I've already mentioned it's 17%. Just wanted, uh, just wanted you to mention it that again. Good. Before yeah. So, That's a 17 out of 20, folks. <laughs> 17 out of 10. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, dude. Yeah. Sweet. I mean, that's the thing. Like, this movie stuck... You know, as as Mark was saying, in in his household, the references were there, and it was like extremely quotable because it had a call and response in almost every scene. You know, like, "Dude, where's my car? Where's your car, dude?" And apparently, <laughs> I'm the goose. I'm the goose. Yeah, no, it's who's the goose? Me. But it has now been two hours, and I think it's time to see if Mark has anything to plug. Do you guys um, think? I think we should go for three. <laughs> and with right, that, is, I've been... This is captivating. <laughs> I mean, we could work it into a whole mini-series, I guess. This is definitely oh, over twice as long as we're trying to target our podcast set. I um, always want to plug my dear friend uh, Herb Kickheffer's show, uh, Refurb with Herb. That's on YouTube. You can get there by searching Refurb with Herb. And that's on YouTube. I, I, I follow that channel. It's delightful and informative. Okay. It's basically if you're interested in like DIY, kind of like cardboard uh, refurbishment, that kind of a thing, you'll be all about it. Unexpected plug. I dig it. I have nothing um, to plug. I've been watching Killing Eve. You can watch that. Oh, yeah. I guess we should really quick just to pad this out a little bit I don't bit even more. want to do it on this show, Kevin. <laughs> Just just a quick recommendation if you have one. Oh uh, Refurb with Herb was Mark's. <laughs> Refurb with Herb. Sage hates everything. Um, let's see. I like Killing uh, Eve. Okay. He hates everything except for Killing Eve. Uh, I just started Medical Police, which was recommended, I think, earlier. Thank you. And I've been yes. very enjoying that. And that is like, if you like the memory of um, Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> you'll, you'll, you might like the actuality. <laughs> Of medical police. Yeah, that's the gonna, same that's thing. Gonna, like, Not everything works, Google. but there's enough there. Yeah, you're gonna see that on like a Google sponsored <laughs> ad. It's gonna be like, <laughs> you liked the memory of Dude Wars My Car. You like the actuality of this product. <laughs> well, with that, 
Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, yeah, my, my pleasure. We'll have you back for, I forget what you guys talked about. <laughs> he fingered Freddy. Yes, who fingered Freddy? We'll Freddy answer the question. Um, I've been Gavin. And I can... Uh, did I cut you off? Were you going to say your last name? No, I had nothing. We're good. <laughs> All right. I'm still Sage. Um, and this I'm has Mark. been a supersized episode of Mark Does Voices. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm Mark, and I'm probably not getting invited back to talk so much. We'll see how much uh, we really want to do Friday Got Figures. Bye. All right. Goodbye, y'all. Good news, guys. I talked to my supervisor, and he said I could give you the address after all. That's great. That's great. But the bad news is, I'm gonna have to confiscate your pinky. <laughs> <laughs>